You're listening to the Vineyard Community Church Podcast with Pastor Rick Francis. For more information, visit vccmountcomfort.org. Well, I can't get away from Colossians, first chapter. However, I'm going to throw a new translation on you. You've heard me use it many times. The Passion Translation by Brian Simmons. Just really, really love this. It's not out in, uh, <clears throat> in a completed Bible. It's in process. He's translating. And <clears throat> I get him on my Kindle. And as soon as he gets out a new, new passage of Scripture, man, I'm all over that. And I'll probably have $500 in, in the Passion Translation by the time he gets it done. Um, <clears throat> but it is so wonderful. So encouraging. And uh, I, was, I was reading his introduction to Colossians, and uh, it was really interesting what he had to say. It's kind of like all the scholars are in agreement that verses 18 and 19 of chapter 1 is kind of like the key theme of the whole letter. And that, that's where he says that Christ, speaking of Jesus, he is the head of his body, which is the church, And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in resurrection, he must be the beginning. He must always be embraced as the most exalted one, holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all his perfection dwell in Christ. Wow, I love the way that's translated. Really, really good. We can never really move away from the gloriousness of the headship of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord. He's our Savior. He's our elder brother. (laughs) When you just start going through all that Jesus means to us, uh, you could get exhausted just looking at all of it. It's it's so wonderful. And when we look at... When we look to Him to see the fullness of the Father and the fullness of the Holy Spirit, it's amazing what Jesus reveals to us. I know that as, as we read this, it's going to have an incredible impact in our lives. I pray today we would have ears to hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. What the Spirit is saying to us as individuals, what He's saying to us as a community, local but universal as well. Let's look and see what He has to say. I think you'll find that... <laughs> The, the glorious words that Paul penned in Colossians are just some of the, the most amazing you've ever read. They will inspire, they're anointed, they're loaded with life, and they're full of hope. And I love hope. Because it's the springboard of faith and love. Mm-hmm. So let's keep our hope up. Dear friends in Colossae, my name is Paul. I like this translation. It's like, my name is Paul. Feels very elementary. I have been chosen by Jesus Christ to be his apostle by the calling and destined purpose of God. My colleague Timothy and I send this letter to all the holy believers who have been united in Jesus as beloved followers of the Messiah. May God, our true Father, release upon your lives the riches of his kind favor and heavenly peace through the Lord Jesus, the Anointed One. I kind of like that. 
expression. I've read so many of Paul's, you know, grace and peace from the Father, you know, and that it just kind of grace and peace just flies through. But uh, but here, as as he's talking about all the riches of his favor mm, and the heavenly peace, a peace that transcends anything that's manufactured down here on earth, that kind of peace is the kind of peace that that Paul wants the people of Colossae to to receive. Now, there's no account where Paul ever went to Colossae. He most likely, Epaphras was the one that went to Colossae to share the gospel. And here Paul is writing this letter while he's in prison. So he's in captivity and he's able to write and he's writing to Ephesus and it looks like you know, Colossae is about 100 miles from Ephesus. And as he's writing this, uh, we see that this is an overflow in, in many ways of the Ephesian letter. A lot of what we find in Ephesians we'll find once again here in Colossians. And it's, a, it's an incredible, incredible letter. I'm praying that right now you'll be able to hear the word of the Lord as we read this letter. We're only going to look at the first 14 verses. We looked a little bit at them last week, but <clears throat> different translation. Let's look again, beginning at verse 3. Our hearts overflow with thanksgiving. And that's the title of the message. I'm looking for our hearts to be overflowing with thanksgiving. That's why we have the writing stations in the back. Uh, you're, you're, you've got it in your bulletin. You can write down those things that you're thankful for. And we invite you to just bring them up here to the front, these beautiful little baskets that's been presented. And let's just have so many expressions of thanksgiving. Think of everything that you're thankful for. Everything that you're thankful for. And let's put it down. I think thanksgiving always attracts heaven's attention. The Lord always takes notice when we give thanks. And so let's be some of the most thankful believers the Lord's ever known from our heart. Our hearts, <clears throat> our hearts overflow with thanksgiving to Father God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, every time we pray for you. For we have heard of your devoted lives of faith and the tender love that you have for all his holy believers. And from the first time we heard about your conversion, until now, we faithfully prayed for you that you would access your destiny through all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope, now that you have believed in the manifestation of God. So his heart is filled with thanksgiving when he thinks about the, the believers at Colossae. And, and when he starts to pray for them, he, he gets so moved. He gets so moved every time that they constantly are praying for these new believers in this incredible church in Colossae. He wants them to have access to their destiny. Oh. We just came back from Awaken to Destiny Conference in Urbana-Champaign, Illinois. And uh, Randy Clark, Bill Johnson, Tom Jones. Uh, just an amazing time. Just an amazing time over there. 
in Urbana. Uh, it's amazing that you're around all these opportunities. There's healings that are taking place. I don't know how many healings took place. I've got even a greater release in my range of motion from my, my C7 that was extracted, and I got a metal plate in there. Don't know if it's dissolved yet, but I, I've got more range of motion with my, my shoulders than I've, than I've ever had. And it's like, wow, this is, this is really fun. <clears throat> and, and, and then I start getting all this drainage. This drainage stuff. The last couple of days, you know, it's starting to come. That's why I'm going to try to be quick on the, on the trigger if I've got a cough because of a drainage cough. Seems like I often have those kind of things in the month of October and November. I'm ready to dismiss them and say no, no more. <clears throat> so I'm not trying to make a bad confession for all of you Word of Faithers. I'm not trying to, you know, I haven't come back and said I came home sick. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. I don't want anybody to think, you know, that I'm not standing in the, in the in all that the Lord has provided. But there was a time when I used to really get irritated with people that would be coughing, throwing up, hacking, and then saying that they're not sick. And, and, and you know, I, I just, I don't want to move in unreal, unreality. I, I don't want to be that. But at the same time, I don't want my agreement to be with the one who really wants to harm me. I, I, that's, that's, just as stupid, you know, of saying, I don't have something when I have something. At the same time, oftentimes, I think that, that the enemy will give us a symptom or two to see if we will claim it. So we can say, man, I am sick. I got this terrible cold. Man, And I find usually I, I only want to claim that as if my wife has something that she wants me to do and involves a lot of work or something like that, then I might, I might try to claim that or there's something coming up. And, you know, if, if I was sick, that would be a nice convenient excuse not to go to this or not to do that. And that's where I'm most likely tempted to claim something that the enemy wants for me. But I don't even want to do that. That's silly for us to, to come in agreement with the evil one. I've agreed with the enemy on so many things throughout my life that I didn't even know that I agreed upon. Because he, he would just bring situations and circumstances and, and all of a sudden, what looked naturally true to my, my reality from where I was, <clears throat> well, in, in, in the spirit realm, everything is established on the witness of two. And believe it or not, Satan counts as one even as little minions, the demonic. They, they, when, when they come and they whisper something in your ear, that's one. When you agree with it, that's two. And once there's two that agree upon anything concerning the earth, it gets established. So like, oh, no, 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 no. no. I think we, we bring a lot of that stuff on ourselves. <clears throat> I, I don't know if you look at the bills this month, you look at your checking account, the enemy whispers, you're poor, you're not going to make it, you can't make ends meet. We look at all the facts and everything and we come right in alignment with what he's saying is true. I'd love to see that broken off every one of us. 
love to see that broken off every one of us. That, that when we see that there's more bills coming in than the reservoir of resources that we have, that we just say, okay, Lord, this is an opportunity for you to show once again that you're my provider and see what he wants to do. There's all sorts of ways he can pay the bills. I'm all for that. Come on, Jesus. So here they are. They, the first thing that he says, his heart's overflowing with thanksgiving as they pray, is that they're praying for them that they would access their destiny through all the treasures of your inheritance stored up in the heavenly realm. <clears throat> That's telling me that if I'm really going to get into the, to the destiny that God has for me, I've got to learn how to access the, the resources, the treasures, the inheritance that's mine, that's spiritually housed, that, that abides in heaven. It's not necessarily of this visible realm, but it's in the realm of, of heaven. And it's like, okay, I, I get all excited when I read Ephesians chapter 1, where he says, and may the Lord bless you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And it's like, wow, I would like to know what that is. I would like to be receiving more of the heavenly blessings that the Lord has. And here he calls them inheritances. And we have an inheritance from the Father, as Chuck just said, because we're sons. And even if we're little brats, if we're, if we're bad sons and daughters, if we're just little spoiled, rotten rascals, and, and all that, he still loves us. He still has inheritances for us. An inheritance of a cough drop. Thank you. <clears throat> so he wants, he really wants us to start pursuing those things that he has for us in heaven. Now, how many think I've just gone off the deep end? Rick. I, 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 I live in the real world, and right now my, I've got $20, and you know, I've got $300 worth of expenses. What am I going to do? This might be a little motivation to say, okay, Jesus, what do you have in my account in heaven? This is a concept that I got introduced to as a kid, and I've been on every theological side of it, I think, known to man, to where I, I, I thought it was a bunch of nonsense, all the way to where I'm thinking, well, Lord, I've been asking you to teach me about kingdom resources. Teach me how to steward kingdom resources. Teach me how things work in the kingdom so that I can, so I can cooperate and come in alignment so that we can see it manifest here on earth just as it is in heaven. And I'm still learning. Every now and then I get a little bit more of a glimpse and then all of a sudden I, it seems like every time I, I get a little further in my understanding of how kingdom resources happen, there's, a, there's an opportunity to go back three steps. 
And I don't know how many times I would go forward two and back three and forward two and back three. But now, we're not supposed to be ignorant of, of, of his ways, his devices, his schemes. Now that I, as, soon as, as soon as I see breakthrough and I start to see that we're starting to move a little bit this way, I don't, I don't welcome an attack. I just kind of go to, and I, I don't know the expression, is it DEFCON? The lower the number, is that you're ready for war or the higher the number? Lower number? Okay. So I just moved down a notch on the DEFCON. I, the only reason I know that is war games. So, so it's, see that. So, you know, I, ju I just get in a state of readiness and preparedness, knowing that it's not unlike the enemy to come and to try to assault after you've just had a breakthrough. And anytime you access in the, in the spirit realm, the heavenly realms, the resources that are yours, the inheritance that's yours, the blessing that God wants for you, there's always going to be some kind of kickback. So just be ready for that. Don't prophesy it. But just be ready, and if it's there, don't be surprised. Deal with it. Don't agree with it. Everybody say, I'm not going to agree with the devil. We're not going to do that. We've done that long enough because the devil never, you know. Has anybody woke up recently and just says, you know, today I think I'll agree with the devil? But how many times have we? How many times have we said, oh, I'm a loser? Man, I, you know, and, and, and we use all this negative self-talk and we just think it's some kind of uh, mental, psychological phenomena, but in the spirit realm, it really holds weight. It really, really does. So language is really important. It always has been with God because He's called the Word and, and He's always speaking. And sometimes He uses words, but He's always talking to us. So we need to be aware of that. So they're praying for them that they would access their destiny through all their treasures. All the treasures that they have, their inheritance that's in the heavenly realm. And I want to see that. I want to see that become more part. You know, if I can just take a side note. <clears throat> I've been reading Smith Wigglesworth on prayer. And it's, it's, you know, it's using all the old English language that you know, these were his sermons on prayer that he did, the teachings that he did. And many of us have been crying out to God because we want to see a breakthrough and healing for those that, that have cancer. And we've just, we, we've buried too many people of late who've had cancer. And it's, it's, it's brought a holy provocation, I think, upon us. We're provoked. We're provoked to prayer. Here's something that... <clears throat> I read that Smith said, and it was on occasion where he's going into a place where, where healing was needed. And he went into the room and he saw that there was so much unbelief in the room, it was unbelievable. So he knew that he couldn't pray then. He stepped out of the room, he went to a place where he knew he could get to glory. He knew he had to get into the glory of the Lord if he was going to bring something from heaven to earth. Because right there in that environment, there was such unbelief and there was such kind of a spirit of death over the situation 
that he removed himself and went to a place and he knew that this was going to require touching heaven in a, in a very concrete way. And so he went and he prayed until the glory of the Lord he entered into. And then he came back into earth, went in, took authority over the spirit of death, and brought healing to the person that was there. Now, I, I've never had that as part of my repertoire. I try to get in the glory as often as I can, hopefully in the morning. That's the best time to get in the glory, so you have it all day long. But a lot of times, things are just happening, and, and you're in situations, and now you're, you're over at someone's house, and you find out that there's a, an illness, and you go in, and you just pray, and you do the best you can. And nothing happens. And then we get disappointed. Huh. And we stop praying for people. They, they made a, 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 an incredible statement, I think it was yesterday. <clears throat> if you want to see more people healed, you've got to pray for more people. The more people you pray for, the more people you'll see healed. I remember Wimber used to say, you know, after you prayed for 200, come back and we'll talk. You know, because us, we, we pray for one person, it doesn't happen, we give up on it. If, you, if you've ever done evangelism, uh, the first time that somebody rejects the gospel, you, you make a presentation, they don't want to pray, they don't want to receive Jesus, do you, do you just conclude that the gospel's not for today? We shouldn't do the same thing when it comes to healing. We pray for someone, they don't get healed. We don't let the devil convince us that healing's not of today. Healing is, is part of the very essence of what it means when Jesus brought the kingdom. They said the kingdom of God is at hand. And so we, we've got to be aware of that. And we've got to realize that healing is, is really ours. We're the children. We need to realize that healing is our bread. And we need to take it and eat it and release it. So anyway, that was something that I, I learned from Smith, and I've just been asking the Holy Spirit to make me aware of that, especially when I come into a place where there is such... Uh, where, where darkness is just so strong, and there's no faith to believe that God could do anything. I, I, I want to say, Lord, show me how to find the place in you where I can come into your glory. And as you transform and, and as you release your glory upon me, then I can come in and shift the atmosphere of this place and see your healing, see your glory be released. Because I think that's oftentimes what healing is. It's releasing the glory. It's just releasing the glorious presence of God. That's why oftentimes I think healings take place while, while we're worshiping and we don't even realize it. Because worship, prayer and thanksgiving and praise and worship, adoration brings in the presence and in that, in that atmosphere I think a lot of things happen that we don't even realize that they even happened. <clears throat> I bet there's more healings that happen this in this church week after week that never even get testified to, never even get acknowledged, and sometimes because the individual doesn't even know that God's done it. They just know, huh, my headache's gone. 
Isn't that a coincidence? Hmm. Must have been the caffeine from the coffee. For you caffeine headache people. No. Who knows? <clears throat> For the revelation of the true gospel is as real today as the day you first heard of our glorious hope. And it is a glorious hope. Now that you have believed in the manifestation of God. A lot of folks believe in God. We need to see the manifestation of God. We need to see God show up. We need to be a people that aren't put off by any way in which the Lord manifests Himself, reveals Himself, shows up. Hmm. This is the wonderful message that's being spread everywhere, powerfully changing hearts throughout the earth, just like it has changed you. Believers of this good news are bearing the fruit of eternal life as they experience the reality of God's grace. They just don't engage God's grace on a theological, intellectual level. They, they experience it in their life. His presence. Verses 7 and 8 is talking about Epaphras. Our, co, our beloved co-worker Epaphras was there from the beginning to thoroughly teach you the astonishing revelation of the gospel. I can always depend on him for he serves you faithfully as Christ's representative. He's informed us of the many wonderful ways love is being demonstrated through your lives by the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come Holy Spirit. Let's see the demonstration of love, all the expressions of love in our midst. Man, this whole chapter is a prayer to me. Let's see if we can get through it. <clears throat> Since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would be filled to overflowing with the revelation of God's pleasure over your lives. Man, i got to pause just a second. <clears throat> the revelation of God's pleasure over your lives. The revelation of God's pleasure. Holy Spirit, would you bring a fresh revelation that Father God takes pleasure over us? The first time I came across Zephaniah 3.17, I, I just about came apart. I had no idea that God ever felt that way about me. That He sings over me, that He twirls, that He dances that he does backflips, that he's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs when it comes to me. And I, I just never saw that. I always thought he was exasperated. I always thought he was saying, oh, when will this son ever get it? Oh, he did it again. Oh, how many times is that? He is so dull. He's so slow. He... he is he retarded? You know, what's this guy's handicap? And oftentimes I think that's how we picture how Father God is looking at us. And here it says, oh my, 
filled to overflowing with the revelation of God's pleasure over your lives. He takes great pleasure in you. <clears throat> and when we get that understanding, this is, this is a, a, a sentence that's just amazing. This will make your reservoirs of all wisdom and spiritual understanding. <clears throat> Who would like to be a reservoir? From the Fern Franke passed away and uh, his funerals, is it tomorrow? Then? Tomorrow. And he used to have a teaching. He'd call it the Reservoir of Renewed Knowledge. And he's basically talking about the things that we learn because we're children spiritually born of the Father. And that the Father is always going to teach us, the Lord Jesus is going to teach us, the Holy Spirit's going to teach us, and he's going to give us things that really, they may not even apply to our life right now. But he's storing up a reservoir of renewed knowledge. That we become reservoirs of wisdom and understanding. And here's, here's where I want to encourage you, just a little exhortation. I believe that the night season when you are sleeping is a time to really fill the reservoir. That's the time when God, who does not slumber, does not sleep, he's always active. That's the time when we need to intentionally invite him to come in and just build up the reservoir. When, when I go to bed at night, my pattern is, Lord, if there's things that I was resisting that you were pursuing throughout the course of the day, as I go to sleep and I go to a state of subconsciousness, I give you permission to do whatever it is that you've been trying to do. Okay? That's check number one. Check number two, Lord, if there's stuff in me that needs to be taken out of me while I'm sleeping, I give you permission. I call that signing the surgical permission slip before the anesthetic is applied. It's a hospital metaphor. And so it's there. Okay, Lord, take stuff out that needs to be got. But Lord, if there's stuff that I didn't get and it's affecting the way I live, the way I believe, the way I think, the way I feel, I invite you while I sleep to put in whatever needs to be put in, okay? And as you're doing that, now just add one more. Lord, I believe you want me to be a reservoir of wisdom and understanding and that you want to teach me things about the kingdom and about relationship with you and how the kingdom works. And while I sleep, I just want you to just pour and fill those reservoirs to the brim. Then put your head on your pillow and picture the blanket of the Father's affection covering over you and go to sleep. There are times when I say things that are so amazing, <clears throat> so wonderful, that I wish my mom had been here so she could hear. You know, it, 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 and it, it's like, where did that come from? I didn't know I knew that. Well, that's because I didn't know that I knew that. It was part of the reservoir that the Lord filled while I was sleeping. And there's more things that He wants to do for us while we sleep than we could ever imagine. Because we are no longer empowered by the kingdom of darkness. We're no longer enslaved by that kingdom of darkness. But we have moved into the kingdom of His Son. 
that he loves. And as he pours into us, we'll have more to give. We'll have more of him than we ever thought. Let's stand. Put your hand over your heart. You would be so kind. Lord, start right here. Start right here. As we look to Thanksgiving, oh, an overflowing, our hearts overflow with Thanksgiving because of what you're doing right here in our hearts. And so we pray for ourselves and we say, oh Lord, would you take out and put in and where we got our wires crisscrossed, would you straighten them out? And Lord, we invite you to make us reservoirs of wisdom and understanding. That the gospel might go forth in changing lives, that it might be demonstrated with power, with signs and wonders, that there would be a complete demolishing of sickness and disease. And Father, that there would be freedom from sin. Those things that the enemy's caught caught us in and is trying to convince us that we can never get free of, that we'll forever be a slave of. I say today, let this be a day of emancipation. Let this be a day of holy emancipation, freedom from bondage, freedom from sin, freedom from all the different ways in which the enemies deceived us and duped us and caused us to live in a reality that is less than the inheritance that you prepared for us. And so, Father, we know that there's temptation. We know that there's all sorts of things in this earth. But we also know, Lord, that in your heaven, that there is all sorts of wonder and glory and holy, merciful goodness And we appropriate heaven to earth today in our hearts. Now we pray for our brothers and sisters, Lord. We pray that as you minister to our hearts, that you would give us a heart that would beat as your heart beats for one another. That we would love that which you love. That we would honor that which you honor. Father, that we would understand a new way of living together in community. I pray, Father, that there would be a wonderful release of grace today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To receive more audio content from The Vineyard, click the subscribe button in iTunes.